Transstorm. Our final topic, picked by you, dear listeners, earlier in a poll on our Facebook page, is Macedonia, the name that broke the Russian-Greek bond, focusing on the spiraling diplomatic spat between these two formerly close states. Historic partners Russia and Greece are locked in an ever-worsening spat after Athens accused Moscow of interfering in its domestic affairs, while Russia shot back and accused Greece of doing NATO's bidding. The dispute began last month after Greece claimed that Russian diplomats were paying protesters to demonstrate against the controversial name agreement with the country's northern neighbor, which Moscow officially recognizes by its constitutional name as the Republic of Macedonia, while Athens calls it the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, out of concern that the lack of a qualifying adjective implies territorial pretensions to the Greek region of Macedonia. The deal that was reached between Athens and Skopje would prospectively see the landlocked country renamed as North Macedonia, and thus remove Greece's veto on its membership to the EU and NATO. The pact isn't without controversy, however, after tens of thousands of Greeks previously rallied against it because they felt that their government gave away too much by even allowing their neighbor to use the word Macedonia in its name. Faced with unprecedented protests, the authorities alleged a secret Russian conspiracy on the supposed basis that Moscow is against Macedonia's possible fast-tracked inclusion in NATO, and just generally enjoy stirring up unrest in Western countries. The tit-for-tat diplomatic expulsions that followed have seriously strained these two countries' historic ties and represent one of their worst-ever political crises that doesn't seem to be nearing a resolution anytime soon. Russia believes that NATO is forcing Moscow's cherished partner to make these unfriendly moves against its own will in a bid to break the bond that has kept these two states so close over the centuries, though Greece insists that Russia was indeed meddling in its political affairs. In the most recent set of developments, Russian journalists were attacked by football hooligans in Greece last week, while Greece recalled its ambassador from Russia for urgent consultations in Athens. It's obvious that tensions are escalating, but it's less clear exactly why that is, though one possible explanation is that the Greek government is willingly going along with NATO's infowar scheme as a means of signaling its strong disapproval of the newly strengthened ties between Russia and Athens' historic adversary, Turkey. Folks, I gotta say, a lot of people are taken off guard by what's happening in Russian-Greek relations, and I think we're all scratching our head trying to figure out what in the world is going on, so we're going to be joined by two Greek experts that will hopefully explain this for us a lot better. The first one who's going to speak with us today is Mr. Alex Christoforo. He's the president and a writer for the Duran.com. Trendstorm. Okay, Alex, so that our audience can better appreciate why we're discussing this topic, can you please inform us about the importance of the Russian-Greek historical bond and the benefits that both parties had hitherto received from it, especially the contemporary aspects that the U.S. might dislike? Well, traditionally, the Greek population has had, I believe, around the 90% favorable approval of Russia. Obviously, both countries are orthodox. And not only aside from religion, culturally, they are very close to each other in, in many aspects. And there's also a very close bond, both from a tourist standpoint, in that you have a lot of Russians who visit Greece often. 
and not only for holiday, but also to for religious uh, purposes and for types of religious pilgrimages. For example, they visit Mount Athos, Leonardo, and, and then there's also various other reasons that uh, Russians visit Greece. But you also have a lot of Greeks that visit Russia, mostly not only for tourism, but for business aspects. So you've always had a very close relationship between the two countries. And um, in recent years, that bond has grown even stronger in many respects because Greece has resisted a lot of NATO and the EU's unfavorable remarks towards Russia. And uh, Russia has reciprocated with its support of Greece in various uh, aspects. Both politically, culturally, and between societies, there's been a very close relationship between the two countries. Okay, so Alex, what's your reaction then to Russia's claim that NATO pressured Greece to go along with this meddling narrative, which seems to be very out of place given what you just told me about the two parties' bonds? And what do average Greeks think about this developing diplomatic crisis? It's a complete shock and a complete about-face from previous policies between the two governments and the closeness between the two governments. I'll start first with the Greeks' reaction, the daily Greek living in, in Greece, what they think about it. They're not very happy with it because the Greeks, like I said, no matter how much the U.S. has tried to wean Greece away from Russia, Greeks have always had an affinity and they've had a special likeness towards Russia. They, they like the Russian people and they like the Russian government. And they also think very favorably about Putin. So it, Greece is, the Greek people definitely do not like this, this divide between Greece and Russia. Going off of that, this shock tension between the two countries, I think there is one common bond. And there is one common person that ties this, this all together, and that's the American ambassador, Jeffrey Pyatt. There was also a very close relationship between Ukraine and Russia until Pyatt made sure to, to create a conflict there. He was one of the, the standout figures in creating the crisis between Ukraine and Russia and eventually led to the civil war in Ukraine, to the division between Ukrainians. And so now you have Pyatt as the ambassador of the United States increase and you're starting to see a lot of the same tensions between the Greek government and the Russian government. So I think there's one tie that does bond this all together and that is Jeffrey Pyatt and saying that a lot of the Greek population, though the media does not report it, a lot of the Greek population, a lot of the Greeks on the ground recognize who Pyatt is and what he is up to. This is not a secret and the Greeks recognize this. Yeah, I think that's really important to take a look at what Pyatt is doing and to keep in mind all of his activities in Ukraine, just as you described in fomenting the civil war, the coup, the disastrous uh, downturn in relations between the two civilizationally similar countries that were at one point, I mean, they're basically the same people. So that really says a lot. And I'm happy you brought that up, Alex. Now, to put what's happening into an even larger context then, but one focusing more on the Eastern Mediterranean, what relationship does the NATO-encouraged worsening of Russian-Greek relations have to the larger tension between the U.S. and Turkey nowadays? And Alex, how likely is it that there are consequences, whether engineered by Pyatt or maybe even naturally occurring, of the Afroset? Well, I mean, like, like we were discussing earlier, Greece has always been one of the countries to resist the quote-unquote Russia bashing that NATO, uh, the United States, and the EU in the last, especially in the last five years, have ramped up the new Cold War, so to speak. Greece has definitely been the one country in NATO, in NATO and in the EU that has resisted going down that road. And so this latest crisis, the latest tensions now, are starting to turn Greece 
more towards the NATO rhetoric and the EU rhetoric and the U.S. rhetoric towards bashing Russia. The fact that Greece is now bringing up the word Russia meddling, even though no one's really defined what the hell that is. Right. I mean, we've gone two years now. No one knows what Russia meddling is. And the fact that Greece is now saying that all of a sudden, 80% of Greeks were for the, the freedom name change to North Macedonia. And then suddenly two Russian diplomats out of nowhere turned 70, 80% of the population against the name change is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so <laughs> once again, you see Greece and you see the Tsipras government going down a road that is very unpopular with Greek society. And it's also very stupid, for lack of a better word, because the Greeks realize how dumb this row is between Russia and, uh, and Greece. And they understand that this was all done days before Tsipras was supposed to go to NATO for the NATO summit. So, I mean, the timing was bad. Tsipras's policy towards Russia is bad. Greeks realize that it's pretty much a farce. And they don't want the tensions between Russia. We don't need it. Greeks realize they don't need this tension. They've been able, surprisingly enough, they've been able to balance NATO and the U.S., good relations with NATO and the U.S., as well as good relations with Russia. And there's no reason that, that something, especially Pyatt and people like this, should start to upset this balance. We've been doing it successfully for many years, and now all of a sudden it seems that we're going down a path that the population doesn't want. It doesn't help Greece whatsoever. Alex, this was an engrossing conversation about the significance of the Russian-Greek diplomatic spat, the pivotal role being played by Jeffrey Pyatt, and the relationship that all of this has to the U.S.'s worsening ties with Turkey. So thanks again for coming on to our program. Now we're going to hear what Dr. Michael Neverdakis, Ph.D., has to say. He's an independent journalist based in Athens, producer and host of DL Logos Radio, and contributor to Mint Press News. Okay, Michael, some of our audience might not understand why tens of thousands of people were protesting the Macedonian name deal earlier this summer. So can you please explain this issue sensitivity to us and whether you think that the Greek government is using Russia as either a scapegoat or a distraction? There are several reasons, first of all, why issue is very sensitive to uh, many people in Greece and in Greeks throughout the world. Historical reasons include um, the argument that um, ancient Macedonia was uh, linguistically and culturally Greek. And looking at the agreement that was made recently between uh, Greece and uh, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, the agreement stipulates that Greece's neighbor will have no claims on ancient Greek history, but this leaves open a giant loophole because there's many that have argued that ancient Macedonia is distinct from ancient Greece. So there's many in Greece that are worried that um, there's a historical revisionism taking place. Similar to this, there's cultural reasons. Many feel that um, this recent agreement is part of an effort to uh, subjugate Greece culturally even further. I'll give an example here. The mediator between the two countries, a man by the name of Matthew Nimi, is also the president of an NGO that is based in Thessaloniki, which is Greece's second largest city. And this NGO publishes history textbooks, which it is attempting to distribute to countries throughout the Balkans as part of a so-called joint history project. And not only do these textbooks recognize Greece's neighbor as Macedonia, but there's fears that these textbooks are 
in general, trying to promote a watering down of Greek culture and a Greek history. Then there's the geopolitical factors. I should mention here that um, going back to World War II, it was uh, an interest of Nazi Germany to create an independent Macedonian state. And it was also something that was discussed between the Nazis and the Yugoslav regime at the time. The Yugoslav regime wanted an opening to the Aegean Sea. They wanted access to the water through the Aegean. Uh, and this is an issue that has come up in the recent agreement between Tsipras and Zaev, where uh, Greece's northern neighbor will have access as part of this agreement to the port of Thessaloniki and to the Aegean Sea. Okay, so I understand, Michael, that this uh, is really sensitive for the reasons that you explained, but do you think that uh, Athens is trying to pin the blame on Russia for the protest that, you know, people have organized against this very controversial name deal? Yes, that's what I was heading towards. Greece expelled several Russian diplomats with the claim that they were engaged in bribery within Greece, and they were also organizing these large protests, which I should mention actually drew hundreds of thousands of people in Athens, Thessaloniki, and other cities. Uh, Russia, of course, retaliated in a tit-for-tat by expelling some Greek diplomats, but it seems that Greece is trying to find desperately some way to deflect attention, uh, not just from the agreement that it made with its northern neighbor, but also to basically accuse anyone that opposes this deal of basically being a Russian uh, collaborator. Okay, well, what's the likelihood then that this diplomatic crisis will damage people-to-people and economic relations between these two previously fraternal states? And how could third parties such as the U.S. benefit from the worsening of ties between them? Well, let's start with the second part of that question. It seems obvious that Greece is being used right now as a wedge increasingly belligerent Turkey. And of course, this is at a time where Turkey's relations with Russia uh, have been improving. Basically, it seems that the goal here is to turn Greece even more into a NATO and EU vassal state. And it should be mentioned here that we should look at who the U.S. ambassador to Greece is at this time, uh, Jeffrey Piat, who was the uh, ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to the Ukraine when the coup in that country took place in 2014. There's an issue here regarding also NATO membership of Greece's northern neighbor, the former Yugoslav Republic of uh, Macedonia. This is something that um, NATO wants. NATO wants to expand into the Balkans. This is not something that uh, Russia would like to see. So there's a battleground here uh, between uh, the U.S. and Russia that Greece is right in the middle of. Okay, well, Michael, then, how do you foresee everything unfolding in the coming weeks or maybe even months? And what would have to happen for Russian Greek relations to stabilize, get back on track, and eventually be restored to their former closeness after this latest spat? I think it's still a bit hard to say because the political situation in Greece is a bit unstable and a lot can change in uh, the coming period. Elections will be held uh, by this time next year and probably sooner than that. And the current cities of that government will probably lose, even though the party that is favored to win, uh, New Democracy, can be considered to be equally pro-EU and pro-NATO. So that's one issue. I think as long as uh, the U.S. Ambassador Piet is in town, it's going to be difficult at an official level for Greek-Russian relations to be rekindled unless the theory holds that the foreign policy of the Trump administration is different 
from the globalist and unipolar foreign policy that traditionally has been pursued by the State Department. So if there is such a divide and the Trump camp prevails in some way, then we may see developments uh, that affect Greek-Russian relations, and that may also affect the Macedonia deal as well, which I would say that the Macedonia agreement is far from a done deal at this point, and we'll see developments in the coming months. At the same time, Syriza, the current government in Greece, might add fuel to the fire if it starts a blame game with Russia or Turkey over the recent fires in Greece. And this is something that one of the pro-Syriza newspapers in Greece has been hinting at very strongly in recent issues. Finally, I'll say, however, that as far as the hearts and the minds of the Greek people, the Greek people still, by and large, have very warm feelings toward Russia, and I'm sure that the feelings are mutual on the part of the Russian people towards Greece. And I think, if anything, the stance of the uh, Syriza government in Greece and this very disaggressive stance toward Russia is not being met with very widespread approval domestically within Greece. Michael, this is a very informative discussion about how the Macedonian issue is being exploited by the U.S. to try and weaken the Greek-Russian partnership. Trendstorm. So folks, if we think back on what both Alex and Michael shared with us today, we can see that no matter what the U.S. tries to do, the bond between the Russian and Greek people will not be broken. Now, if we take matters to another level, when we look at the political bond, yes, that is definitely fraying, and it's fraying based on Jeffrey Pyatt's own plans. He's the man that seems to be responsible for manipulating the Macedonian name issue, inserting the fake news narrative into the Greek political society that Russia was supposedly meddling in its domestic affairs, and trying to break these countries apart. And the argument can be made that this needs to be seen in the larger context of worsening U.S.-Turkish ties. So keep your eyes on that, but always remember, the Greek-Russian partnership on the people-to-people level will not be broken, let alone by the U.S.'s plans. So folks, if you want to sound off and share what you think about this, please send us an email at radio at sputniknews.com or find us on Facebook. And with this, we end this week's edition of Trendstorm, brought to you by Radio Sputnik. It was presented by me, Andrew Krepko. Thank you for listening, and take care.